and we are back. You just listened to the Misfits right there, one of my favorite bands of all times. So we are 138 because it is episode 138 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. I am your host, Dan the Skull Crusher, and along with me are Mike, Natalia, and Klaus. We have a full house. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. And I realized, too, that since we started, like, changing around how I, how I introduce people, nobody has said better than Klaus in a while. So, in order to, like, remedy that, why don't we all say better than Klaus at the same time at the count of three? You ready? One, two, three. Better than Klaus. Better than Klaus. Better than, no Klaus. Better than me. There you go. <laughs> that was terrible, guys. Anyway, the Vuelta a España comes to an end. And what a freaking race that was. So we're definitely going to... Is it an end? It, it ended. Yes, unfortunately, it ended. So uh, we definitely should talk about that. We should also talk about a couple of the other races that are going on, Tour of Britain and then some other stuff. And all those races, if you want me to pay attention to you, then how about you don't have your races during the Volta, have them during the Tour, and then I can actually pay attention. Um but no, before we go any farther, um, last episode, I talked about how Colombians are very um, superstitious and how my mother sent me those crazy baths to, like, get rid of bad luck or whatever, and uh, she ended up burning my face with acid. And Klaus remembered uh, about this dude. This is probably where my mom bought all this stuff in Colombia. There is this store in Bogota called El Indio Amazonico or the Amazonic Indian. And this dude dresses like a Cherokee chief, which is weird because that's not really what like natives in Colombia look like at all. But anyway, in the store, you can you can go there. You can buy like anything from like uh, powdered, like dry fly wings or something to like taxidermied snakes to, you, you know. sound very knowledgeable. Oh, this is suspicious. Place. No, no, no. This place is freaking unbelievable. And in Bogota, when I was growing up in the 80s, it, it was like people would talk about this all the time. Plus, it's in a really big street and the, the place is huge. And he has like murals on the side and stuff of like all these like seances and witchcraft Yeah, but you can't see what is inside. Well, I've so. been inside. Oh, come on. Of course. Oh, I am my okay. mother's son. Yeah, 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 of okay. course. So you can, like, pay this dude, and he, like, will do, like, exorcisms and crap like that. Anything you want this guy to do, you know, whatever. So, anyway, Klaus was in Colombia recently, working on that secret project that he was talked about a couple of episodes ago. And this is the story that he brought us. Klaus, please. So, El Indio Amazonico, this, uh, this character, as I understand, he, he's wanted in Colombia by the law or something. Maybe someone sued him for ripping him off or whatever. I was inside the business just a few years ago looking for an Ikeko, which is kind of, I think, Peruvian or Ecuadorian. Ecuadorian. Uh, <laughs> little doll that you have to put charms around his neck and he gives you whatever you want. Whatever. Anyway. Um, you know? Do you know about Ikekos, Natalia? I can't talk. <laughs> Mike, I'll send you a picture for reference, but... Oh, maybe maybe I'll use a photo of an Ikeko as the the cover photo for the episode. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, what an ekeko um, is, it's, 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 a, it's a, an Ecuadorian action figure. <laughs> it's like maybe five or six <laughs> inches tall, made out of... Um, like clay, like red clay. clay yeah, and then paint it, paint it to make it look like a, like a, kind of like a friendly, chubby farmer dude with a mustache and like a little hat and stuff. And then his arms are spread wide open, and then you hang stuff that you want from his arms and neck and whatever. So you hang like uh, a little toy car and like a figure of a woman if you want a wife, you know, anything that you can put around him or on him that you want that represents what it is that you want. So, so Klaus, Klaus why were you yeah. eyeing on a keko? What did you want? Klaus? My, oh, my Klaus is a keko mania. Wanted one. My brother-in-law wanted one as a joke because he thought it was so funny and I told him about it. He couldn't stop laughing and I was like, I'll just buy you one. So I went in there to look and actually they had just run out. Ekekos sell like hotcakes. (laughs) Yeah, like literally they were just selling, right? So I went in there, they didn't have it. But I guess that guy no longer lives in Colombia, but the place in Bogota still exists. He was in Queens for a long time, I think in, uh, I guess, Washington Heights or whatever. Jackson Heights. But I guess now he's Jackson Heights. Yeah, yeah, not Washington. And now he's like in Huntington Beach uh, in California or whatever. But anyway... When I was just there in Colombia, I was taking a cab and went by this place. And I just, to the cab driver, I was just laughing. I was like, oh, man, that place is so crazy. Like, I was in there not that long ago, blah, 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 blah. And the guy goes, man, it's funny that that you bring that up because my neighbor for, like, the last 15 years worked for that guy, like, in the early 80s. When he was just, like, starting his business. And I was like, what? How? Like, what did he do? Like, make Ekeko dolls? And he was like, no, my neighbor's a little person. And his job was to hide in a tiny piece of furniture. And he would curl up into a little ball. And (laughs) the place was dark, but there was, like, a black light in the corner. And he would have, like, this white face paint or whatever. And they would be having like a seance or whatever. And this guy would pop out like from this piece of furniture and basically scare everyone out of the room. And that was like the end because I guess they it's like a Saturday Night Live sketch that they couldn't come up with an ending for. <laughs> like, so they're just like, uh, I don't know, have that guy come out of the cupboard and he would just go ah! and like run around and scare everyone. But little did he know, he didn't have to go through all the trouble of the blacklight and the makeup and the, all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, the day, like, little people are creepy on their own. He just had the oh, guy just knock on the door and walk in. I would have run no, out. No, no, no. Oh, come on. But, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was like, holy crap. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was like meeting a celebrity. And I was just meeting the neighbor of a person who worked with this man. But, yeah, if you're in the L.A. area, certainly Huntington Beach or whatever. Search for Go the check Amazon. them out. And what's amazing is that once a business exists in the United States, then it's bound to have Yelp reviews. And I just found El Indio Amazonico on Yelp. He has four reviews, two and a half stars. And two and a half stars out of five? That's not very good. What are the <laughs> reviews? Good. I want to hear the reviews for El Indio Amazonico. I wonder if uh, the guy said Lequecos here. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. Like the first... <laughs> Well, this, the uh, made in the U.S. Man, <laughs> it says, they're all made in China. Do not come here. It's a fraud. In all caps. Stop. Then it says, I went there three months ago for a tarot reading. The guy was very accurate and hit on the reason I had gone there in the first place. That's when that's what led me to trust him. 
He told me we needed what we needed, what I needed to do, and I agreed. That's where things didn't go well. They are very, very pricey, and things didn't work out like they promised. They gave me a timeline of five weeks. It's been 12 weeks, and things didn't work out as promised. I would advise people stay away, and we definitely do not agree to have anything more than a tarot reading. Oh, so my guess is that they gave her the solution and sold her the the potions. <laughs> the guy's really upset. And by the way, the guy, the guy's really upset because his not, face was burned by acid. That you? Not, no, not, not all guy. Colombians believe in this stuff, but there's kind of a tendency, which is why whenever I've interviewed cycling professionals, I always ask them if they're if they believe or if they have like superstitions or whatever. And there's some superstitions, but nothing over the top. So I have yet to meet a full on cuckoo Colombian. Because they don't, they will never say, dude, come on. Some of the stuff that I do that I'm superstitious about, I would never tell anybody about it because it's embarrassing. I told people here that I burnt my face with acid. What? There's superstition and like, you know, there's certainly OCD in sports like there is in baseball, certainly. I noticed uh, Chavez crossed himself when he crossed the line the other day. He yeah. did. He you know, did. I'm surprised you don't see that more often, actually. You, you see Quintana yeah. do it as well very often. Yeah. Yeah, that's because the rest of them are going to go to hell, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the whole professional peloton no. is going to hell. Mm-hmm. No, actually, you know what he was doing. That's how Colombians stopped their power meter. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Little known trick. Oh my god. Um, so. Hey, why did you stop the music, yo? Wait, who's okay, playing that? Says, wait. Huh? Is, is, wait. That, is that Natalia playing it or Mike? I think it's Mike. I think it's Mike. If it's Mike doing it, it's racist. Yeah, no, it is nobody. Because our mother is. I was going to say, it sounds racist anyway. (laughs) No, that's actually a really good song, though. Play that, Natalia. Natalia, yeah, yeah, it wasn't me. I thought, Klaus, wait, you said, what what other reviews are there for the Lindion Amazonico in California? Um. I recently spoke to someone else who went there too, not too long ago. She also thinks this place is just out to scam people. They'll sweet talk you out of your money if you let them. Oh, really? Um, a, a, a place named the Amazonic Indian that claims to be able to tell your future, get you a wife, and perform seances is out to rip you off? What? Hey, man. It's on, I think uh, that I should advertise the podcast this time. Yes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this episode, this episode is brought to you. This episode is brought to you by El Indio Amazonico in Huntington Beach, California. I think we should just give him and he's a kekos. The we Indio Amazonico and he's a kekos. El Indio Amazonico for all your keko needs. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's it's Huntington Park, Huntington uh, Park, California. Huntington Park, California. I thought it was Huntington Beach. So here's the thing: we'll give him a freebie. We'll give yeah. him a freebie. If uh, if you're in the in the greater LA area, go to seventy six oh six Pacific Boulevard in Huntington Park, California. Like if you're about to go race, if you're going to be doing the cyclocross season, make if you're about to do an Indio Amazonico. Listen, and if a little listen. person pops up from a cupboard, <laughs> don't just worry. Be like, I know who you are. I <laughs> listen, you if you're about to race or if you're about to rage, either way, stop by. Buy an yeah, get for all your raging racing. A gecko needs. 
Wonderful. I love it. So uh, anytime that you have a story about a little person <laughs> coming out of a tiny little piece of furniture and scaring people, it's worth it's worth a listen. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you shared that with us, Klaus. It's very nice of you. Very yeah, it, only took, it only took 10 minutes, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but who's keeping time? Aside from Natalia, who's keeping time? Well, I have a huge clock that looks straight at me the whole time that we're recording, so. Um, all right, well, last time we, we, we talked about the, the Vuelta. Unless, Mike, do you have anything to say about El Indio Masonico or the Ekeko? No, I'm just furiously crossing myself as I listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. That's a power meter. Just in case. <laughs> Uh, just in case a curse comes down on you, yeah, I've been there, dude. I've been, I've been cursed actually. It's been it was really bad, a couple of really, really bad years. But um, anyway, I do think there's, I do think there's more to this, Klaus. You're right when you when you talk to cyclists and you ask them what their little superstitions are. I do think it's pretty interesting, and it's across all sports. It's not just uh, cycling. Oh yeah, what was the name Baseball of that? Baseball players are yeah, notoriously what, superstitious. What was the name of that pitcher for the? Um, I know he was he was in. Triple A for a while, and then he—I think he played for the Indians. The guy that used to like brush his teeth between innings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and he would like. There's lots. When he left the dugout, a lot of pitchers won't. A lot of pitchers won't step on the on the foul line on the way back to the dugout. Yeah, well, that's just the thing that this guy would actually jump over the foul line and then go back yep. and then hop back, dude. Like, t- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like hopscotch. That's just straight OCD. That might. No, be, this guy was completely fucking nuts. I mean, look him up. There's yeah. I mean, brushing his teeth between innings. What? What? I mean, I think some of the things that come up are, are not too, too out there. But, you know, a lot of things like, for example, uh, people that don't want to wear new kit or people yeah. that will only wear new kit on big <laughs> days. You know, it kind of goes both ways. Um, that's why Rafa Columbia doesn't sponsor Team Sky anymore. They couldn't afford it. <laughs> that's true. They're like, all right, you lunatics. We that's why they didn't resign him. <laughs> He wanted a, uh, you know how they have like tissues to blow your nose, like dispensers. He wanted one of those for Rafa shorts. <laughs> he almost broke the team. Yeah, no, I think no, some of the that come superstition. Up. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me just like random fact out there. The trend in the women's side is the the, the bra. So the sports bra they they use. I have seen more than twice. When they ask questions, if they have some, you know, like lucky charm or something they carry with them in races, more than once I have read that the charm is the lucky, lucky sports bra. So what? Really? there you go. Evelyn Stevens, she said, like, am I actually very, very super t- superstitious? I have to race with my, you know, like certain sports bra and some glasses I don't know so it's, it's interesting and she's not the only one I've read like huh. at least of two others but I don't remember the you names you know I so, don't race there you go I don't race but whenever I'm gonna do a really really long ride I also try to always wear my, my, my lucky sports bra that day <laughs> <laughs> You may, you, you may, know, yeah, you can I, laugh, but I've never crashed during a ride while wearing my lucky sports bra. Never. You know, I just thought of something. Uh, uh, crap, what's his name? The last uh, Colombian road champion. Uh, who's with Team Colombia? And... Uh, Duarte? No, no, not Duarte, no. but the other guy. Um, 
oh crap with the mole on his face. I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Chalaput. Chalaput. Yeah, Chalaput. Chalaput. I would. Uh, I always sat next to him at dinner at the Giro, and he he was always looking at his phone. And I was like, Oh, are you like texting? You know, your girlfriend or you know, I guess wife or whatever, because he's actually he had a kid back then um, already. And he was like, No, no. Um, there's a guy that I became friends with on Facebook who's like a priest, and I was like, You mean a priest or like a priest? And he's like, Oh, like a priest. <laughs> And he sends me like prayers that I have to say every day. So I'm waiting to get my prayer for tonight. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I wonder how much the prayers yeah. were. I don't know. I'll bet I'm, you, maybe there was a free. So he did the. And the only other thing, the only, the only thing I would add to this is that the um, this ties in directly with the amount of jewelry that you see some of these guys wearing. Yes. Like some people just have one nice little. Most, you know, a lot of these guys have necklaces. Some of them just have one, and it's got one thing on it. And that's the thing. And then others have a million. <laughs> You're just like, where, where does it end? Chavez has like little, five or six uh, bracelets. And actually, bracelets, yeah. And it's funny though, too, because if you look around, like if you look in backstage pass and you like detail people's wrists, not only Chavez's, but other guys in the team, you'll see that a lot of them have bracelets. And they're obviously Colombian bracelets. Some of them are actually straight out of the Colombian mm. flag. But I mean, Colombia is really jingle big jingle, into that. Which stuff. we talked about. What's that? That's right. Yeah, the Colombian jingle, Colombian jingle jangle. Yes, the Colombian jingle jangle. So, yeah. all right. Vuelta España. Since we last talked, there was this little thing happened, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's called Stage 20, and it was a doozy. <laughs> it was a doozy, man. It wasn't, I here's, mean, my, here's my thing about Stage 20, and I want to run this by you guys, because as I was watching it, obviously, we're all invested in this race, from the beginning. So there are 19 previous stages that build up to all the drama that's unfolding in this stage. But as I was watching it, I was wondering, would it be possible to show stage 20 to someone who wasn't into cycling? If you like any part of this, you will love cycling. If you don't, forget it. If not, then you're, no. you're not human. Holy shit, that's a good question. You Holy have to shit, explain. Mike. No, but that's the thing. Would you would you really have to explain it, or could you just see who at least responds to like, all right, I don't exactly know what's going on, but I like it. Oh yeah. shit! I mean, I guess are, if they can listen, because the commentators are saying, oh, you know, this is why this is happening. Like, you know, what's the importance of right. Chavez? Like, he's not even going to win the race. Like, that's a big deal. Is that? Am I right? It, I mean, one thing it led me to think about was the lack of graphics. There are not a hell of a. I mean, there are gra obviously graphics on the screen and they're informative, but they're they're not super informative. There's not like no. like when Chavez was in, in stage in stage twenty when Chavez was just hanging out there at three and a half minutes and everyone else was five and a half minutes. It never said it was him. It was group three, but it was one dude, and it was an important dude who was going to get on the podium. And I was like, "There's some missing information in this. Like, there needs to be more information in these graphics." Yeah, not only that, but then a couple times they tried to flash the. Uh, the kind of the gap that was uh, sort of in the GC between Contador and Chavez, but they didn't do a good job of it. And it was just like flashing off and on. And it was Chavez is so many minutes behind Nairo Quintana. But meanwhile, what they should have just put up is this is the gap between those two guys. And this is what it right. is right now, but they don't have the capability to do that. Yeah. I mean, I know so that I see I, your point. I know that I bring up formula one all the time here, but I mean, in this case, Formula One actually does a pretty good job. For one thing, the one thing about graphics and, and, and it's cycling graphics that would be so easy 
I think, to fix. And it would, to me personally, would make a huge difference. I don't know if for you guys. But let's say that they show you the top 10 in the GC after a stage is done, right? So you look at the top 10, wonderful. And they tell you, yeah, oh, my God, uh, such and such is not, Pierre Roland is not in the top 10 anymore. And that's all they tell you. But then you have to be like, wait, where was Roland again? So you have to look to yesterday's, oh, okay, Roland was seven. And now this other guy is seven. You have to think about all these things. It's Actually, Wall as- Street, if like certain websites and stuff that track stocks do a wonderful job of that because it's this is where it is now down this much from this exactly in formula one they do that they're like the guy that is seventh now and you put a little green arrow plus one oh he went up one spot then now pierre roland is 15th he was seventh before he has a red arrow going down with how many spots he went down such an easy thing to do and it would make a huge difference explaining the top 10 and just making it a little bit more involved because I'm sorry, I know who one, two, three, four, and sometimes five is, but unless it's a, a cyclist that I really follow, I have no idea who's seventh yesterday. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, things like that. The other one is sometimes they do this, some races do it, but I think every race should do it. The idea of on the road, this guy is the leader right now by this much. Sometimes they do like mm-hmm. like uh, partial or... Um, not partial, but virtual, virtual GC, yeah. and they'll do that. I think that fixes the problem that you were talking about with Chavez. I had to right, just sit right. there and be like, okay, between Chavez and Contador is this much, and then I'm like going like, okay, so there's 530 minus 322. Yeah. By the time I finished doing the friggin' math, the race was over. And, and what, 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 yeah. <laughs> you need to explain is, and help this help me with the timing because the idea of a general classification is a complicated one the idea of adding times through days and stuff like that is really complicated it's complicated because it affects what's going on in the race right now i need the, the calculation to be done the calculation to be done for me right away and i need a nice graphic that's not to mention what mike is but saying what if you show it to somebody who doesn't know cycling like if i sat down and showed it to like my wife, that's an exciting race. I'm sure she would love it if she understood what was going on, but it's very difficult to. I'm right. not saying it would feel fixed. It doesn't have to happen all the time because, for example, on most stages, Chris it wouldn't matter. And Nairo Quintana are together. So that would be a big deal if there's a gap happening, but there isn't. So, right now, at that moment in that stage, the only thing of importance <clears throat> in the GC happening was Chavez versus Contador. So you can have the gaps to the groups, but then just show the gaps between the two with how much time is needed for one to jump over the other, which is really a binary thing. It's a yes or a no. Is he doing it or is he not doing it? Um, and then the other thing, you know, I think about, and this might be a myth in the world of branding and, and design and marketing and whatever, but the story goes that Paul Rand, who's a famous graphic designer who did a lot of identities like for IBM, Next Computers, and UPS, at one point UPS asked him, like, hey, can you liven up our brand again? Like, what should we do? And he looked at it and he said, the first thing you guys have to do and the only thing you really have to do is wash your trucks. <laughs> your trucks are filthy. They're disgusting. Be known as the company, like, the only touch point that people usually have, because they normally don't even see the driver, drivers, they see your trucks everywhere. Make sure that the trucks are pristine. They just have the logo. They're brown, and they're really shiny and clean. And they were like, ugh, that's not fun. Like, we're going to pay someone else. 
because we that that's not a good enough idea. And I think likewise, like now people are like, I want to see what gear they're in and like all this stuff, which might be helpful at some point. But no. I'm like, the reality is show me the gaps. Yeah. But that's yeah. not exciting. Like that's like, well, just clean the truck. Like, no, I can we tell you this. something. We want to put no. some money into this. I, I can tell you this. If anybody out there wants a graphic to show them the power meter information or what gear they're in, those people are fucking imbecile, asshole, idiot, shitheads, and they need to stop living. They need to shoot themselves in the head because that's completely dumb, retarded, stupid, and totally, absolutely, 150% not what cycling is about. I mean... Not that I mind, not that I care. But I, think, I mean, I think it can it can have its place. It can be important. The thing is, when you compare important. it to what is the gap between these two guys, and is the fact that that guy in the blue jersey, is that good? Is he doing a good job? I don't, or what is happening? That's important because that's what cycling it's is about. So but if I'm going to watch, if I'm going to watch, if I'm going to watch, if I'm going to watch. I have to, I have to disagree with you. I really, really, really like to know what is it that Chris Froom always looks at. <laughs> I want to see his screen. He has a little TV there. No, listen. What if you're watching, watching like, what if you were watching soccer and then there's a graphic there telling you how many studs each of the players on the field have on their cleats? Uh, or what about what about a graphic that tells me what material their, their, their cleats are made out of or how much pressure they put when they were tying the, 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 their cleats? That's important. That, that's what I want to... No. Freaking idiot. I, mean, I would I'm like to know baseball. how much jail Ronaldo puts in his head. <laughs> That'd be a cute. <laughs> that that graphic would well, not fit on the screen. I can also likewise, for example, how much cologne do some Colombian riders wear when they race? Also, it's not cologne. If you're talking about Alzate, it's not cologne. And I had it from a from a what trusted is it? source. Is the, yeah, is the freaking deodorant and is the axe whatever. But the guy is a legend now in the United Healthcare house because they everyone says like, oh yeah, you always can smell Alzate when he's coming. <laughs> but, but that, it's not Cologne. And Klaus, really deodorant. That's it's Cologne. It is. It totally is. Klaus, I would um, encourage you to maybe listen to the podcast uh, when you're not there because <laughs> Natalia already <laughs> told the story last time about Asate. And I and I maintain that it is. And I did smell them at the World Championships. But I would say, of course, there's people that. Their the appeal to, of cycling to them is largely technical. That's all they. Care yeah, about exactly. Those people so are idiots. That's fair. That's I mean, some I know, people I like know. that. There's... I'm just saying. Overall, yeah. The reason for cycling is who gets there first. There's also there's so, also a lot of people that like Ethiopian food. They're all idiots too. So I mean, I know there's people that are retarded and dumb. I'm not saying that they. You don't like Ethiopian food? No, I don't like Ethiopian food at all. I don't like Why anything. Not? I only like Mexican food. And Italian food, and Bob Evans. That's it. What is Bob Evans? Cracker Barrel. American food. Cracker Barrel? I love Jesus. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> You're never going to know what I like to eat. I'm going to keep that as a secret. I'm taking that to the grave. The only person that knows what I like to eat is my wife. No, you're not. Oh, I know. I like Venezuelan food, actually. I like Venezuelan empanadas a lot. Arepa. Arepas. Oh, yeah, listen. Mm. <laughs> So stage 20, stage 20, friggin' um, like three or four people almost took out the riders, like, like uh, spectators. 
right? I don't know if you guys noticed this. Like three or four times during the race, he was like, oh my God, that was close. Oh my God, that was close. And then finally, this like 12-year-old little fat shithead just stuck out to wave at the camera and booyah, took out yeah. that dude in I Am Cycling. I was like, yeah, yeah, you have to be the imbecile fat kid. That's awesome. Like they don't make fun of ever- me enough in school. Have you seen a video online of a dude trying to take a selfie by a freight train that's going by at a low speed and the guy in the engine sticks out his foot and knocks him out? <laughs> like not out, like knocks him off. Like doesn't it just basically it's probably going at like 25 miles an hour or faster but not full speed and the guy just sticks out his boot and like clunk in the head. <laughs> so you almost wish someone could do that just safely to like jar someone enough. But you'd have to do it to everyone. Dude, how awesome are these freaking stages with long-distance attacks? Like the old days, like when fucking Bernardino used to go for, like, by himself and attack with, like, 75K to go. We need more of this. I'm going to contradict what I just said about the graphics because part of the fun of those stages was, like, you're like, oh, and here they are. They're coming up. They're going to catch Valerio Conti. And you're like, Conti, where did he come from? Did he fall out of the sky? Like, what? Just passing guys that you were just like, oh yeah, that guy. Wow, where was he? <laughs> He's actually there from last year's Welta. <laughs> he was hiding behind a bush the whole fucking time. No, it, you kind of have to feel for the family of those guys. They're like, is he doing real well? Where right. is he? Oh, no one even knows. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just I I think that they did fine. They did okay. I they can definitely do a better job with the with the graphics. And I mean, for example, I would like to see some graphics about the little fat kid that took out the guy in I am cycling. I would like to know where is he from? What's what's his favorite food? How much does he weigh? What kind of power output does that little fat kid have? That's what yeah. I want. Did he break his Did he break his collarbone? Did he? <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of oh, the two of them, dude. Speaking of friggin' breaks, JJ Rojas. Oh no, no, don't mention. No, 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 no. no. Uh, We're not gonna talk about it. You know, it, it like no. okay. So the bone that he broke no. is the tibia, right? No, no, no. But no, no Mike no. doesn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna say anything gross. I promise. Right. Mike, you may not know this. <laughs> can we not? Mike, you may not know this. The word tibia in Spanish means lukewarm. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Means that doesn't lukewarm. make any sense. Agua tibia means lukewarm <laughs> water. Hmm. There you go. And See? when you don't have a very strong personality, that you're very indecisive and yeah. that sort of thing, uh. then people can tell you, don't be tibio. Yeah. No seas tibio. So it's like, don't be lukewarm. Like, yeah. take a side, come on. Yeah. There you go. Let's see more importantly in the stage. Chavez, of course. Chavez. Froome looking at his power meter. It's <laughs> crying little tears. At the Puma and Latour, like, fighting, like, for, for the I'd like to see. I was like three Latour, miles an hour. I mean, God bless Pierre Latour, but but he's his sprinting slash climbing style is not <laughs> pretty. He and looks I was like, like he's near death. Yeah, and so so the whole time <laughs> I was, was like, oh, Adam, you've got this guy. Look at him. He's all over the bike. He's of all over the road. Yeah, a sprint a sprint finish between Chris Froome and and Pierre Latour would. <laughs> 
would end cycling as we know it. Would, I think would make a television like, uh, explode. You know how YouTube has those things that automatically find content that's copyrighted and flags it, like if it has music? Yeah. If they have one that's potential pornography, like it would be flagged because <laughs> the weird way, like they're humping their bikes. I don't Yeah. What the hell are they doing? But I think it would get flagged. Okay, guys. Let me ask the question that is in everybody's mind, and now it's time for you guys to answer it. I'm going to go with Mike first. Mike, do you think that... Was Chris Froome clapping ironically when he crossed the line? <laughs> no, no, no. That's Actually, that's, that's the question B. Number one, part, part, part one of the question is, was it bad form of Quintana to basically go around Froome and beat him to the line on stage 20? And B, so it was one and B, um, was Froome clapping Thor Hushoft style? I mean, was it Juan Antonio Flecha that, that clapped at Thor Hushoft in Pirate Bay? I think so. I think it was, yeah. 2009, I think. Well, anyway, what do you think, Mike? Bad form, and was it a, a genuine clap or uh, sarcastic? I don't think it was bad form. I think it was, exp I mean, I don't think anyone was surprised by that. I just think it was, I don't know. It didn't see, it didn't see, it didn't seem surprising to me. I was just like, yeah, okay. All right. Finally, let's, he's just going to kind of put a, put an exclamation point on the whole thing. Okay. No, the clapping, I didn't really, under, no, I didn't ever, I actually didn't think that. I thought, I mean, Chris Froome's a nice guy, isn't he? I thought yeah. he was just like, <laughs> going like, yeah, awesome I was like, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think he's just like, this is, a, this is over. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> He was clapping for himself. Like, I'm, I'm awesome. for himself. He was like, I, I'm still alive. <laughs> I get to go home after this, Christ Almighty. Okay, Klaus, you're next. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he was clapping, ironically. I think he was just like, hats off to you. And I think that that, in turn, is also helps the answer of, should Naito have done that? Of course he should have. Like, I think it kind of makes the point, it, but it's not, like, rude. I think right. even he was like, yep, you won. Like, of course you won. What should he do? Gift him what would have been that? Fourth place yeah, or third like place or whatever? Sixth place or something. Uh, yeah, okay. oh, that was a bunch. Of, yeah, so, Natalia? Yeah. What do you think, Natalia? <laughs> I don't care. No, you don't care. Is what do you think? Do you think that, do you think that it's bad form that he did it? Look, the problem is that I'm terribly biased against Chris Froome because I don't like the guy. So <laughs> I'm going to say, sure, it was sarcastic. Here's the sure, question. Like, was Natalia clapping ironically when Chris Froome crossed the line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Probably. wait, Natalia, didn't you read Tintin books as a kid? No. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh. So, I thought maybe yeah. just for that you would kind of like him. Yeah. What about the fact no, that he looks? I, what about the fact that he looks just like your husband? No, 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 no. no. I don't know. No, you need Listen, to take a closer look. Tall white guys. I don't know. They all look the same to me. No, no, no. no. How tall is Chris from, by the way? No, yeah. I don't know. He's not that tall. No, not, nah, not that tall. Maybe six oh, one, okay. six two. Yeah. yeah. Your husband's very tall. Chris yeah. from. I yeah, think he is. Like, he's six seven. Your he's. husband is almost as tall as Mike. What? <laughs> I know. Yeah, Chris Room is. No, no, no. But reading about it, like, I, and then afterwards, I read maybe it was a yes from Sky. I don't know. He was saying that Froome kind of wanted to get to the line holding hands with Quintana. What? If it's like, yeah, I saw it like in Twitter at some point when the whole people <laughs> was like debating. 
debating if, you know, like if there was some sort of, you know, like bad blood between them. And somebody says, like, actually, in an interview, I don't remember the name of the person. It was Adies from Sky. They were saying it's like they he, he kind of wanted to like cross the line the, the line with Nairo holding hands. That would have been weird. Yes. Like if they do that, I would like, okay, what is going on in here? Yeah. But that hasn't that, happened that since Greg Lamont and Bernardi know that. that would and that, they were weird. teammates. And they did yeah. that ironically. Yes. Well <laughs> depends on who you <laughs> ask. Bernardi know is doing yeah. it ironically. Yeah. Okay. Greg so, Lamont yeah. Here's here I am obviously not a cyclist. I am not a professional um, athlete. I don't have that mentality. While well, I'm fairly competitive, I'm not like the super competitive person that you need to be if you want to get to that level of being a professional athlete. I don't have that. But in my head, in my mind, in my little heart of hearts, what I wished, what I would have done if I were Quintana was I would have come right next to Chris Froome at that moment, reached out my hand, patted him in the back, and then crossed the line. Mm. That's what I would have done because <laughs> then it's the kind of thing that... That's fairly me, condescending. That's No, 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 no. It's like, congratulations, dude. We had a fucking crazy race. And then Quintana uh. later said it in an interview. He said, the fact that Chris Froome raced as well as he did makes my victory even better. So in a way, you're thanking him because if there's nobody to, like, ride against you, if Chris Room wouldn't have been there, then it would have been like, oh, yeah, Quintana first and then Chavez 15 minutes later. Like, this, I, that's what I would have done. If, whether or not I like Chris Froome or not, I, I'm that kind of person that I would be like, good job, everybody. That's awesome. Thank you very much for racing against me. This was cool. Yeah, we had I, see that. I see that. I yeah, no, but that. I... In interviews they did after the stage and even in the podium ceremony, both of them, Froome and Quintana, they were very respectful towards each other. Mm-hmm. They never tried to like lighting up, at least not in front of the, oh, the no, media. Totally, totally. They were like oral Although... respect. Nairo was saying like, please don't make his, his stories when there there is none. It was, there was nothing in it. I was just like, I just feel the need that I had to sprint. And then he was just clapping. And then afterwards, I think Froome just tweeted something that says like, Chapeau, Nairo, well done, congratulations or whatever. And then the next day, the next day, I think I I read some somewhere. I think it was uh, the woman from Eurosport, Laura Messiger. She tweeted that the Sky Bus came in with the national anthem from Colombia playing through speakers. So... You can imagine. Okay, you now like, that yeah. was not ironically. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's like, listen to this shitty song. <laughs> <laughs> standing at the finish line, holding a boombox over his head, playing the clothing yeah. That's like a bit much. And then the guys, like, somebody must have told them that, that if, if you want to get to a Colombian, especially abroad, just play the freaking national anthem, and then we're like, okay. <laughs> I know. I surrender. You win. It's It's like the funny bone. You hit that spot and you can't help it. You're like, oh, and I'm melting. Yeah, exactly. No, but you know, um, of course, that level of competition, they're like, yeah, that dude was super hard. Like, you know, whatever. Um, Good for him. But um, what the hell was I going to say about not being ironic? I totally lost my train of thought. Screw it. Okay. No, I think I think it was okay. I think it was okay, but I also think that at some point you have to have like this. There you go. 
staring at me. Oh, I know what I want to hear Natalia cry now. Carlos has a Kleenex box full of that he has to wipe. That's the only thing I will wipe my tears with in Rapunzel. Only the best for me. Other people can use tissues, not me. Only the best. Um, no, the, the 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 yeah. The only funny thing that happened between them was when Naito Quintana during the rest day said that uh, power meter should be banned. Yes. And Chris Froome said, "Oh, and gear should be too. Let's go back to like single speed bikes." Or uh, we also talked about this uh, last episode, Klaus. Yeah. Ah, goddammit. it! You know what's interesting about the Colombian national anthem? Fourth what? word, fourth word in the lyrics. You have to look it up in the dictionary. It's true. <laughs> No, it's ridiculous. Who the frick? Third. Third. Third? Okay. You're not counting word is oh, oh, it's a word. Oh, Gloria Inmarcesible. Yeah, you're right. It's the third word. You have to look it up because there's no way anybody. Wow. I, I'm, I've been a Colombian my whole life. I've listened to this stupid song thousands of times. I've probably okay, looked it I'm up before. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to. It's not a stupid song. All right. It's not a stupid song. This it's not song, a stupid song. This Come song. On. And I don't, I probably Mike. looked it up at one point. I still don't know what it means. Mike, you're seeing a schism between Colombians here. When the mm. national anthem happens, Natalia cries and my brother sits down or he takes right. a knee. He takes a knee. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is Colombian yeah. kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> Play the national anthem and you beat any Colombian. If, 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 yeah. Superman, if Superman was Colombian, that would be his kryptonite, the Colombian national anthem. Exactly. Very well. He would be reduced to tears. <laughs> it's certainly because on Earth he is away from home. So he would look like an echo. <laughs> yes. Mike, Mike, Superman would have a little bit of a pot belly. Mike. I think the last you, Mike, I was in England. Is that the last time I saw you in person? Maybe. Um, if I had played the national anthem for you there, what would you have done? Would you cry? No. Or would you take the, the U.S. national anthem? <laughs> yeah. Or no, would you just be like, Klaus, why are you playing the national anthem? <laughs> in a boom box and then and Klaus would say, I'd be, like, I'd be like, don't rub it in with these Brits. Klaus would be like, I'm... Awkward. Klaus, Klaus would say, I'm just trying to make America great again. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, guys, how did you do in the Velo game? Oh. Big? I have no idea. I I oh, tell you, I'm not paying attention question. anymore. I'm not paying attention anymore because I can't count. I don't know what freaking number I am. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the I counting. Yeah, no, I know. I had yeah, like a guy okay. that didn't even start for so, Sky. Should I we should we congratulate man. the person that won it? Yeah, sure. I don't know who won it. So yes. number one, uh, SRT is the name of the team, and the DS is Signal Present. Congratulations. All right. And then, lonely at the bottom, we have Team Christian, the winner from the Tour de France. Yeah, so first to worst. How'd that happen? The, no, oh, no, no, yeah. no. It's, remember that when we... Oh, but you were not here, so that's why, Mike. When we were telling people to sign up for the Velo Games League, I said that I was going to give a prize for best and for worst. Oh. So this guy took it to heart, man. He's like... Oh, wow. Because not only that, but if you look at the little statistics that you get that they tell you globally how good or mm -hmm. bad did you do. So this guy is... 14,067 out of 14,040. 
So he even went <laughs> below that the, the, the bottom. Yeah, yeah I know. But that's what the thing says. So That's like getting a 1600 at the SAT. Chapo. Chapo. I mean, I have to think about the prices now because oh, you there, was really, there, was, there was really some like good effort putting here. So, and the first yeah. and second were only, eight, were only nine points apart. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was eight. I was eight. I did top 10. Oh, nice. First time ever in a Velo game, something or other from a Grand Tour. There you wow. go. I think instead of saying chapeau, we should just say hat. <laughs> I, I completely agree with Klaus. Yeah, okay. like if Natalia Me says, I was eight, then I go hat. I'm going to yes. say cap. I'm going to say cap. And, <laughs> and, and I say it in English because I want to make America great again. That's did, I even, did I even okay. join? Did I join the league? Oh, there I am. At yeah, the you, you did. You did. You did. Oh, I'm way at the bottom. Yeah. Okay, and then I we are getting. I predicted the winner. Yeah, no, you're podium, good. no, and time. actually, like Klaus, Klaus predicted the podium. Yes. So the thing is that in the during the names of the teams, if you like look at them, we're getting some crap about somebody that is annoyed that we cannot pronounce Krauswicks or whatever. Christ, Christ, the name of the team, the name of the team of the guy, which by the way is named Pedantic Pundit, is ah. Uh, is actually pronounced, and I'm just going to read it like I will in Krauswick. Spanish. Krausvek. There Krauswick. you go. That's Krauswick. how I will pronounce it in Spanish. Thank you very much. And I think that may actually be closer to what normally people say. Okay. But so listen, there you go, guys. Yes. We have a lot to get to, and not that much. No time. time. So <laughs> I have a. The aftermath of the Tour de France, of the Vuelta España, I mean, Movistar it renews sponsorship for three years with the team, which is crazy. There was no European in the podium, if you're like the Brits, they don't believe that they're in Europe. But I'm Movistar <laughs> is, that has to be the longest running team going right now, because that is longer oh than Rabobank slash whatever it's they are. It's longer now, right? than Ethics Quick Step slash... My pay yeah, because it goes back to Reynolds and Vanesto. Vanesto, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, there was no European in the podium. There was no Spaniard mm. in the podium for the first mm. time since 1996, wow. which is 20 years ago. Wow. wow. Okay, so in 1996, I, I had to look this up, obviously. In 1996, the podium was all Swiss dudes, which is crazy to think about now. Alex Sule won it. Uh, Lauren Dafour and Tommy Rominger was third. Uh, in 71 Vuelta Españas, only that's only happened like no Spanish, no Spaniards in the in the in the podium has only happened four times, right? Uh, it was in 36, in 65, in 96, and then this year, in 87, there was no Spaniard in the in the podium either. That's the last time another Colombian won. It was an Herrera one. And then it was Herrera. Raymond Ditson was second and Laurent Fignon was third. Oh my gosh, this is too much complication. I need graphics. <laughs> you have practice for me? <laughs> the gap to Chavez was like a minute third. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Grupo I guess that is Chavez. interesting. That in 20 years, there hasn't been a Spaniard. And the last time it happened... A Colombian won the world, the, the, the world of España. That's wow. crazy. It was so, meant to be. Wow. It was meant to coincidence. Be. Very superstitious. Actually, not the last time it happened. The last time it happened was in 96 with the All-Swiss, and then the time before that was in 87. When he was right at Ditsen. Wow. We were... So after Contador, the highest-placed Spaniard was David de la Cruz. 
Uh, where did De La Cruz finish? He finished seventh. I love that dude. And Danny Moreno right behind him. And so Danny Moreno, yeah. I love they were there, but they weren't they were lurking. Isn't it crazy that next year again there's only gonna be one team from Spain and there's gonna be zero from Italy? What? There's not gonna be any Italian teams in the world tour next year. There was only one Lamprey, left, Lamprey and now they're Chinese. The what? Yeah, Lamprey now are Chinese. No liquid gas. Yeah, that's it. What kind of team is Trek Segafredo now that they are sponsored by a coffee maker? Is that an American team? Yeah, I think so. I think it's still American. Know. Yeah, I think they're still registered American because it's, it's Trek. It feels like an Italian team a little bit. I think Astana. I thought they were registered as like Luxembourg or something. Where do I find like that information? Uh, I don't know. Go to their site and see what language it comes up in. Wikipedia should probably tell you. Oh, who, it's American. Yeah, yeah, American. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Weird. Okay, so that's all I had to say about the Vuelta España. Now, I want to talk to Natalia about the little crit that they had in Madrid the day of the last mm-hmm. stage on Sunday. Because okay, I tuned in so- at the time that I normally tune in at to watch the Vuelta, thinking I'm going to watch the first 20K and then I'm going to go shopping because I don't give a shit about the last stage of any Grand Tour. But then there was women racing, and I realized it's in Madrid, and I was like, oh, this is cool, dude. See, now I'm watching women's racing. This is amazing. And then Natalia was like, I have to talk about that shitty race. And I was like, whoa, how, why, why is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so there is the thing. I'm never going to oppose a women's race. That's, I mean, of course, I'm me not either. going to. As long as they're the running thing, for me. The thing that freaking burns is that they are still getting these shitty glorified criteriums. You know, like that's that's what burns me. I was really happy when uh, the ASO decided to introduce these little stints in the final days of the Grand Tours because that's that's what helps to get more visibility. But come on, isn't, isn't time for them to actually get a decent... If it's going to be just one day, just make it a freaking stage for longer than that. It's just like, come on, really? It's like, this is all what you get. I think Klaus put it beautifully when he made the metaphor with like dining in a nice restaurant that you get yeah. to see the people having the nice dish and then, oh, there's your hot dog. But, but by one, the nice food, you know, like that's what yeah. gets me. The I hot mean, dog could be great. And the fact that it like, it's yeah. a race in a big city in Europe. That's awesome. But did you hear what was happening that day? Like at the same time? All of a sudden, it kind of makes your hot dog seem really, really crappy. Yeah, and and of course, they are going to raise their hearts out because this is huge for sponsors and all the time. But it's like, it is time for you to like, pick it up and now I understand I mean people from the organization were saying look but we don't make any money out of this you know like they were treating them like a charity type of event and then I'm sitting there and that's what got my blood kind of boiling because it's like I'm sorry but if you look at the freaking figures that they post in terms of viewership for the women races that do get to be seen on the on tv they are big. I mean, you have a huge potential market there. If you're not making money out of it with the TV rights or what have you, then you're missing out. But and it's not the blame. Or, I mean, don't blame the, the cyclists because of that. They were like, no, no, no. You know, like we don't make money out of this. This is just... It is you know, like, kind of like our charity work. So that was what that was got me going. 
because it's like really 80 kilometers in a freaking crit. Don't get me wrong. I watched the race and I loved it. Uh, the high pace, the attacks. It was really entertaining, but I do think that they deserve more. And I think there is a way to sustain that. I'm not getting, I'm not asking to get any sort of freebies, but I think that somebody is missing out and somebody needs to like really, really go and say, okay, we are going to market this because it definitely has value. I mean, I spent a shitload of money in women related cycling and I'm pretty sure there is a market out there. So it's just like waiting for them to be found. I can tell you. Waiting for them to be found. It's very unfortunate, but I think that they're just isn't a market at all. There is barely a market for men's cycling. If you read, if you keep, well, if you if you read the yeah, whole yeah. thing about Tinkoff and why he is leaving and stuff, a team like Tinkoff, with the amount of money that he came in with Alberto Contador, Tinkoff went to all the biggest races. He still didn't make any money. The ASO. Okay. No, no, but I'm talking about the, the organization yeah, side. That's you know, what like saying. the ones that make the money selling TV. So if they are going to tell me the bullshit excuse that they are, you know, like don't complain and be grateful because you got this. No, 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 no. We're no, doing this like in terms of like, come on, shut up. I, agree I know with that. You. But like, listen, be, be, I, I mean, like, people will pay for it. Now, that is not going cycling. to make the whole thing so, so sustainable. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, just viewership as you said, look at the mess. But. Viewership for cycling is absolutely nothing. I mean, minuscule, tiny. This is uh, in 2007. This is a number from 2007, so I can't, you know, whatever. But um, I remember NBC, they weren't called NBC Sports. They were, I don't know, OLN or I don't know, whatever they were called, the channel that had the Versus. Versus at the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. They said that the the Tour de France was getting a zero point two share. A zero point two share is not bad for a you know channel for a cable channel or whatever, but sailing like the crazy like the America's Cup stuff was doing better in the same channel, the same year. So it's. In, in just minuscule the amount of people that okay. watch cycling period period if yeah no like but if you constrain yourself to cycling uh-huh. i'm not talking big picture here yeah, yeah. you know like with all the sports and shit i'm just like seriously within that market i'm pretty sure that there are people out there that will pay to see women's races in, yes. within that segment yeah if that is big or if it's not big i don't care but i think in that potential segment I mean, there is a huge amount of people that would pay to watch women races. That's that's Absolutely. that's the that's the thing. So no, no, no. Anyway, I agree I'm, with you. I agree with you. I think that there is a lot of people that would do it. The problem is that we can't really, if we're having a problem keeping males men cycling afloat, it's it shouldn't come to as a surprise that we're having problems with with women cycling. And I think that. A lot of the problems with with women cycling, the women cycling is having, are absolutely one hundred percent due to straight out old school fucking sexism, no doubt, absolutely. But when it comes to money and stuff, it's really difficult because the pie that we're talking about is tiny already to begin with. So, pay per view, pay per view stuff is a really good way to not solve the problem, to begin to solve the problem because yeah. Once you have those numbers, you can actually go to sponsors and be like, this is how many people paid to watch this. But to until watch. that happens, until that happens, putting a, a race like this 
for the for the women's race. It, yeah, I mean, sure, there's not really that much cost because most of the stuff was already set up for the men's. But let's say that that cost is three million euros. Are you going to make three million euros with the people that subscribe to watch it? And, and so then it becomes a, a matter of. Is this a viable business? Because the people that are going to put the money in are not people like you or I, are not people like any of us, anybody listening. It's not going to be fans. It's going to be business people. And the business people that have the know-how to do it are going to be people like AG or or, uh, BASO. And and those people need the, all right, give me the money now. I'm not going to invest in something that is going to give me a return in five years, but whatever. We've talked about this a billion times. Yeah, cycling okay. is fucked. So, in other ways, it's just like just settle for the hot dog because yeah, as I, shitty as it is, that's that's what we have. Yeah. Well, so, you know, okay, I, but not I don't know. to not to bring up cyclocross, <laughs> oh, but I, I wrote something about this once, which was, you know, I'm sure people that listen to this uh, watched and followed the Jeremy Power series that he did behind the barriers, which was very successful for cyclocross. It was hugely successful. I met people in Europe that were fans of Jeremy Powers, but they barely knew who he was. Just they knew him through that series, right? So it was hugely successful for what it was, but it was cycling. And then within cycling, it's cyclocross. And then within cyclocross, it's American cyclocross. So likewise, it's like the more you slice it and slice it and slice it, Sadly, the beginnings, this was already so putridly well, small I mean, that it's can, just awful. Just look at you it. Know, yeah. It's like a backwater sport. We agree. It is later. It we, is later. We can agree yeah. that Behind the Barriers was very successful. I even watched it. I don't even like cyclocross, but I'm looking at his stats on YouTube right now. He had less than 2,000 subscribers, and his most watched episode is just over 6,000 watches. And I can tell but you- But that's not- that's not, I think, where they were originally hosted. So I think that because I think they were hosted on their own site because I, I would have to go there to watch it, not YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that captured all of it. I may be wrong, but but I, that's part of the argument, too. Some things that when you're surrounded by them, even if that is true and it's certainly possible, if those numbers are completely accurate, it's one of those things that you're like. Man, cycling is huge. And it's like, no, it's because your 12 friends are into cycling. No one else knows about it. Yeah, you know? I mean, like when, so I worked at major, when I worked at Major League Soccer and everybody in the office was like, oh, soccer is huge. And this is in 2003. Soccer, Major League Soccer, everybody knows whatever. I, I, started working at, <laughs> I started working at WWE and there was an Italian there who was a huge soccer fan. And we were talking once during lunch, and I was like, yeah, man, if you ever want tickets to go see the Metro Stars, you know, the team from New York, um, they were called the Red Bull by then, whatever, Red Bulls, just let me know. And he was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's a professional team from here. And he was like, there's a professional league in America? And I was like, he's a huge soccer fan, been living in the United States for 15 years. He had never heard of Major League Soccer. So... It is funny how... Much less a team in his own city. Yeah, exactly. Much less a team in his own city. So it's just... It is who you surround yourself with. But But I guess I would just say then success is not measured by comparing it to other sports. But with women cycling, with cyclocross, with all this kind of stuff, it's like, well, these are the cards that we were dealt. So what is the very best best we can do? Is it a pay-per-view thing? Is it an online thing? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, if I knew, then I would Maybe, maybe it's putting, maybe it's, um putting a little some chopped onions and uh, some chopped tomato on top of the hot dog and making it fancy. 
maybe with mustard and yeah yeah, yeah. well but anyway no, it was I, it was a fun race it was a fun race and yeah i liked it i liked it and it was good because this is one of the races that people said is going to be the dress rehearsal for the world championships so it is we were missing kirsten Wild because she had some back injuries so she wasn't there but uh, definitely in the world championships is going to be a battle between hosking uh, jolien de Hore and the uh, and wild i think maybe georgia Bronzini. Those are like the What's sprinters. The for the world? I don't even know. It is it is super flat. Oh, it's super duper uh, duper yeah, duper right? flat. I yeah. think I yeah I think that they so made some thing. some modifications and they they were in the previews that I that I read a lot of the cyclists they were saying you know Qatar really really the element is the wind and with the yeah. curves since it goes inside the city and stuff we don't have that uh, wind playing in because they were thinking, oh my gosh, there is going to be like echelons and all these things happening. But they they are not going out in the desert when you have the wind play a big mm -hmm. role. They are just like doing this loop in this Pearl Island or whatever. So yeah. they are protected by the buildings. So it is so going like, to be fast. No, yeah, I don't, okay, I don't so know if they made some adjustments or change the the course but that's what it looks like you know how i Who's said the, last episode that i i i i agreed with people that boycotted the vuelta because of the bullfighting i am gonna boycott the world championships. world championships yeah i am mm -hmm. that's a stupid idea to have the world championships for cycling in a country that doesn't have any cycling we why know should... why they're there we know why the next world cup is going to be in the middle east it's because i mean they're I the only countries that are putting that money into it and i think based on what places like greece and brazil have experienced hosting the olympics i think that those are the only places that should have those races yeah exactly but for the <laughs> sport like... and for the fans it's not great although i do have to say it'll be interesting to have a world championships meant for a sprinter which hasn't happened in a while mm. uh mike i haven't heard your voice in a while uh, I'm still is, here. Is there anything else? No, I think I think I think we got it. I think we're all um, we're all truly happy to have had an amazing vuelta. That was like that couldn't have gone. I don't know if that could have been any better. Uh, I have to say, there was a couple of stages where some of the GC favorites were actually like like punching each other. It was like the difference between watching a heavyweight fight where it's like 30 seconds swing. 30 seconds swing and like middleweight where they're just going at each other. And that's kind of how the wealth is where there were stages where they were just like going, going, trying, 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 like, and in the tour that sometimes doesn't happen. It's just all saved for like one stage or like the tiny last part. Yeah. Now you have like, I don't know, I don't know, going that early. A, that's a good point. I think, I don't know if people realize when well, they probably do, but how hard that race was. And I wonder if I we're going to hear anything about that going forward. I think, a lot of the teams just got wiped out really quickly. Which made for an excellent race. It does make for an yeah. excellent race, but I mean, it's man, it must just be so brutal for these guys. Yeah, I know. You yeah. know it was insanely, uh, insanely difficult when even Astana didn't have like six guys <laughs> raising. That guys. only happened in yeah. like one or two stages. Right, and they brought when 19 they guys. they fighting to protect their ninth spot. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia, any last words? Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
I'm trying to see it from like, Mike's point of view, and I could see how it does sound racist. <laughs> because it has, like, trumpets and stuff, and it's just so bad. Yeah. All right. That's it. All right. Anybody else want to say anything? No. Okay. Oh, <laughs> play us out. Play, Natalia, play us out. That's it. We're out of here. Peace. Go ahead, Natalia.